Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. I feel like it's always a good day when I get to break out the uh, the hoodie vest combo. I know. I'm like, wow, you're really bundled <laughs> up today, Rich. I uh, well, it's a chilly morning out here in upstate New York for mm-hmm. this fall fall no this May day. Um, Shout out to us for recording on in a morning. I don't think we've recorded in a morning in quite some time. You know what? I think you're right. And it was supposed to be 4 p.m. later, but we yeah. uh, we bumped it up. Yeah. Well, welcome back to House Coffee. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's been real. What, this is going to be episode nine, yep. I think, if our count is correct. Yep, I counted. <laughs> um, what did we talk about last week? Last week we talked about diversifying our income and talking about get-rich-quick or Schemes. making a quick buck yeah. and how they're not really lucrative. And... Um, I, I just listened to that episode this morning to oh, re- refresh it. So perfect. it's fresh in my brain. And uh, we both talked about how we have some potential um, income generating ideas that we're, we're both individually working on for our businesses. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know when mine pan out. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? You know what? I think I've discovered the way then I'm going to build my residual income portfolio, okay? Check this out. House flipping. <laughs> what do you think? Oh. Done deal, right? Sure it's, bet. It's perfect. I mean, <laughs> you, what could go wrong? The uh, only thing is I know nothing about it, so I need you to tell me everything because you're in real estate, you're a real estate agent, you are building, fixing, flipping? You're not flipping. Adding. You're you're doing addition. Yeah. So you must know everything there is to know about yeah. house flipping. I mean, I definitely know a lot of what not to do. Hopefully, everyone knows I'm being facetious because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've already talked about this a little bit, and we know you don't know everything about house flipping, and I don't actually know what you know. So I'll be interested to hear. Um, but this does seem like one of those things that I've noticed because. I don't know, in the Instagram entrepreneurial quote-unquote space um, or just like economic passive income, all this stuff. If you click the wrong links, you're going to get the algorithm's going to start feeding you the kind of stuff that I'm seeing in my Instagram ads, okay? I got a lot of coffee going on. I got some spirituality. And then I've got all these guys popping up. <laughs> Click the link below. Get your free course. Uh, I got this training for you. And they're all scam. trying to get you hooked up. Now, look, I'm actually not convinced it is a scam, but I don't think it's get rich quick. I think there's got to be something here, but maybe not. Maybe not. That's kind of what we're talking about today. What? Okay, so one thing I've observed is there's a couple particular individuals out there who seem to occupy this flipping... Invest in real estate with no money down, no money at all. Um, you know, f- if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That's my thought. About is that it. your legal advice? I mean, <laughs> it, I think that it's pretty smart. I don't know if buying a house without any money is a smart idea. See, probably, probably, I don't know. Probably not. Buying know. anything without money is like borrowing money to buy something, I think is a really risky thing to do. So, wait, we shouldn't have credit cards? <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, that's not, I don't, I don't think that credit cards are necessarily bad. I just think that you, they can easily get out of control. I went devil's advocate on you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> For no good reason. Um, okay. Well, we're not talking about credit cards. And I don't actually know. Okay, here's a, here's a revelation. I didn't share this with you before we got live. Um, so the two people that stand out to me, I've said their names to you before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to say the names here. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to. I don't want to unknowingly diss someone's. We're not here to diss anyone. No. I'm not. 
I can't actually speak for Maggie. <laughs> um, here's what I know. The two people, I didn't realize they were like linked up and I didn't realize they have a TV show okay. together. So there's a show called Triple Digit Flip. Have you seen this? No. It's on A&E Networks. Okay. Which I don't have and they don't stream it on uh, I don't, I don't have cable. Either. They don't stream it on any of the streaming platforms that I have. But I got a real quick... Um, I got a real quick page on the TV Guide website here. So without naming the people in the show, you can easily go look it up. But it says here that their team, these guys and their team aim to make every project a triple-digit flip as they flip houses in the Phoenix area. So it's all, which I've, when I've realized that these guys had this TV show going, I kind of laughed at myself because I, when I was asking you about it preliminarily, you had, I was like, where are people getting this idea that you can do this whole house flipping thing? And you were like, HGTV. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, oh, interesting. And I had, didn't look into that, but then I just randomly happened to find out that these two guys that I thought were separate entities occupying a similar space are literally the same. Th- they're, gotcha. they're a team with a yep. TV program. And so... I was like, oh, okay. Now, I haven't looked that much into the, the show, but I'm sure it's like any of those TV, you know, yeah, overly produced kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of things. But it's interesting. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, for some reason, I always find myself, I haven't signed up for any courses, but I do always find myself clicking the link below just to see, just so, to see what they're saying. I don't think that... I think you and I might be coming from two different perspectives because what, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're coming from a perspective of the courses and and kind of like mass flipping, like buying a house, flipping it, putting that money into the next flip, putting that money into the next flip and just kind of, is, well, that, is that what I'm understanding you're talking about? I'm not sure. About? I'm not sure. That's a, that's a thing. So don't lose that thought. I've just noticed that. Okay, I actually let me just try to look this up real quick because I sent. I've been sending links as these ads are popping up on my Instagram. I've been sending them to our oh our, our, our Instagram our DMs. Instagram DMs. Okay, so um, let me because then the other school of thought is, and while you're looking for that, um, I there's also the like I, I think some people might go into thinking like, oh, I could flip a house and maybe it's it's a, a thought like, oh, this property is run down and I can like put some new paint in and some new kitchen cabinets and make $100,000. And I don't know if that's really realistic right now. And it's interesting because house flipping has become such a fad, I feel like. And we are in a really... Um, different market than we were five, ten years ago. Yeah, well. Just seems like it's a big interest for people now. Right. So one of my questions is why that's true. Because I don't know if it is a I think it's because people think they can make money quickly. Okay, well, okay. Maybe. Maybe they think they can make it quick. I Why think any of us, if we it? sat down and thought about it for 30 seconds, would realize like it's not a quick thing to, to DIY or hire a contractor. Neither of those is a quick option nor a cheap one. DIY, you can save a little but money. Why but why else would someone do it? Yeah, to make money, obviously. I'm just saying I don't think people think it's going to happen quickly. Well, in some cases, the whole point of the, whole point of the name Flip is making it quick. I don't know if I agree with that. Flip is like the process. To me, flip is the process of turning of of fixing it. So fix and flip is like the whole. Because the longer you hold sentence. on to a property, you fix it, and then you, you the flip is instead of keeping it, you're you're fixing it to to turn it to somebody else to, to sell. Right, I hear that. I don't know that people think that's a quick process. But is all I'm saying. The I think a lot of people who flip houses. They want to do it quick because the longer okay. you're holding on to a property, the more you're paying to heat it, the more you're paying on the taxes, sure. the more you're paying interest on the shark you just borrowed money from. And all those things are 
adding to your expenses the longer you own the property. So you want to flip a house quickly so that you can, one, get a return on your investment and two, not be pouring more money into a home that you're never going to get back. Okay. So yeah, as far as like, as far as trying to run a business, flipping houses, you're going to want to do that in the most efficient, most cost-effective way because you're trying to profit. And that is, that's if you're looking at it as a business model. And so there's maybe two different groups of people and that's what I was, and maybe I was that's what trying we're getting to say at. before. One yeah. is the, the professional house flipper yep. who literally has a company built around. They probably have, you know, contractors on retainer who they get estimates from. It's like, all right, here's a potential deal. What's the cost going to be? What's the buy cost? You know, what's the cost to buy the property? What's the fix going to be? How much can I sell it for? And then they've just like, they've, they've run that calculation basically based on the estimates and my point is like they know what they're looking for. They've got the peop- the team they need to do it, and they're gonna make it turn around quick if if the price is there. So that's someone who's like developed the business model of flipping houses, and that's not someone in my mind who is like just looking at something like, oh, I wonder if I could do this and get rich quick. I don't think that person. Hopefully, maybe there, maybe I don't know. Are people that naive? Not calling anybody out, but like maybe there's some naivety there, and that's. Maybe what we're what you're like trying to get at yeah. is is it a naive idea? We can. Swing I think back people romanticize that. it. Do you say this from experience? Do you know people? Not to name anyone, but just um, like, have you seen this happen? I, yeah, with I've seen it happen more than one entity. <laughs> I see it happen because I show houses to okay. clients. Okay. And within ten seconds, within I can look at photos and be like, that's a flip. And not all buyers want to live in a flip house because oftentimes the stereotype of a flipped house is that it was done cheaply, quickly, and poor workmanship. You're saying that you show houses that have been flipped and the reason they're for sale is somebody just fixed it to flip it. And now you're showing someone and the problem is that you're seeing telltale signs of, oh, this... There might be stuff to watch out for. Yes. Because these potential buyers who yes. are looking to buy a home. I see it all are the time. Are currently walking through a flip. I see it all the time. Got and it. I'll walk through a house and I'll be like, oh, this this is a cheap flip. Or this is a bad flip. Yikes. I don't see, in my experience, in my area of the Capital District of New York State, I don't see a lot of great flips. I will say, I did just close on Dang, a house dude. that was flipped. And... I'll even shout these guys out because they did an amazing job. It was um, 518 Real Estate and the owner broker and was the agent and they did a phenomenal job. They had a great carpenter. They did a really, really great job. And I walked through the house and I was like, wow, this is nice. And I know that from experience because of my own building my own home. Yeah. And I know how meticulous Brandon is with our stuff and everything we do. He takes great amount of pride in the workmanship in our home that he has built with his own two hands. And I I know what it is to have pride of ownership. So when I see it in another house, I, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit when like the grout in the tile looks bad or somebody just refinished the floors and the polyurethane has got drips and it's goopy and the paint has, you know, smeared on the ceiling from the walls. And it's just all those finishing touches that yeah. you want to have in a home to make it look good just, just take so many points off of it when you see that. Got it. I was just thinking to myself, like, how how trim work. Trim trim is yeah. like, the you know, <laughs> having done trim one time uh, when we were building our, our first yeah. coffee shop, it's like, I know that. And, and just... Once you've done that process, like you're saying, even me, like we didn't do a house or anything, but we did a lot of DIY work in building our first coffee shop, f- renovating our, our our space. And, you know, after that, I found myself looking at f- features of architecture <laughs> and interior that I never thought about, thought twice about in the past. And uh, And you're right now, you kind of know, like what you can tell when something was professionally done. Or uh, 
Yeah. Or to what degree it was professionally done. So, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So, That's cool. again, this isn't me trying to knock on people's dreams of flipping houses. I just, I, I want to, it's more of a cautionary just from what I've seen in this market. Um, I think the... Gone are the days of buying a house for $50,000 and then turning it around and making $100,000 in profit. I just don't think that's a reality right right now at least. Well, okay. You're the expert here. <laughs> not me. I'm not here to say one <laughs> way or another have, about unless anything. Unless you have the money. Yeah. Well, yeah. What kinds of flip models have you been reading about? Or so watching. I really haven't. I've, this is what's interesting to me. I'm really like not the kind of person who follows through on very much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of ideas and I'm always looking at the dynamics of things just because I'm a curious person. And there's always some part of me that when I click the link below, I'm like, okay, let's see what's in this. Let's see if if it sounds like something I could sink my teeth into. And it never is because I recognize right off the rip, like this is not a get rich quick thing because that doesn't exist. And I see all the ways that like I have to be committed to this process. I need to, first of all, start off with the initial financial investment. I'm not even talking about flipping houses. I'm talking about getting into somebody's course, (laughs) right? Um, I can never afford the the first investment. But second of all, like the the process they lay out, I'm always like, "Eh, not quite for me, not what I'm into right now. And um, so <laughs> there's so I'm saying there's always some part of me that is curious enough about the process to look into it. But that's as far as I've, as I've gone with this. I know that house flipping is a thing. Um, I know there's different levels to which you can perform that work. And it's definitely an unfortunate reality that... There, and there's so many reasons why somebody might, might cut corners or just not be able to afford something. So I, I don't even want to, I don't, I don't know how much to judge that when it happens. When you're walking through a flip with, with buyers who you're like, ah, this is, this is not it. You know, who, I, ow, I can't say, I wonder who on the other end of that was making decisions and why. It's like, are they just trying to cover up some, some dirt? Or are they themselves trying to just make a living out here, you know, and, and they're doing what they have to do? I, yeah. You know, is it is it greed or is it making ends Laziness. Meet? Is it laziness? Is it lack of knowledge or skill? I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure what to say about that. Um, it's kind of stinks because there are some people out there who take a lot of pride in workmanship and want to actually restore houses and make them shine and make them beautiful. And this oversaturated like influence of flipping shows, I think has tainted people's view of what it is to work on a house. Yeah, okay. I think the question becomes like who who's who's out there to buy the house that got flipped though, you know? Some of these in some cases, here's here's a, like a point. In some cases people are going you're taking a house that was abandoned. Possibly. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these cases. Um even in even here in Scotia, like I've been impressed. I've seen, I can think of two different houses that were in rough shape. One was, one had a red X on it, you know, one of those square signs. Condemned. Yeah. And so it was like overgrown, whatever. And then all of a sudden, and I don't know, I mean, it looks fine from the outside. So I'm not even speaking to the quality of it. I'm simply saying in a lot of these cases, people are taking properties that otherwise are um, blighted or or unused and just going to continue to be decrepit, and then they come and take it over. And then, again, not speaking to the quality of the project because I haven't seen it, don't know, but now you've got something that is maybe... 
So, I, so am I asking a question? Is it like, is the question, um, is it better to take a uh, worthless property, useless property, and turn it into something usable for like less than premium work, you know? If you put premium work into something, you know you got to pay a premium to to buy it, for someone to buy it. And that ain't Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so who's who's going to be able to buy that house? You you all, How do you do it? I guess that's the question. How do you flip a house in an affordable way for someone to be able to come along and then purchase that house affordably, you know, where otherwise if they hadn't done the work at all, it would still just be sitting there vacant, blighted. That's How a question do you, that a lot of investors ask me themselves in the when they walk through a house. Yeah. You know, um, I guess you can employ skill and, and like, you can employ, I guess there's, I can probably answer my own question. There's a threshold to everything. You can employ skill and use less premium, quote unquote, less quote unquote premium products to make something look nice without having to invest as much as you could invest, you know. So, so there's maybe it's maybe it's a difference of of that. If skill somebody level is flipping a volume of houses, what what I do know is, if someone is flipping a volume of houses, they will tend to buy a bulk supply of the same tile, paint color, carpeting. Um, all those things, cabinets, so that if there's leftover from the first flip, they're not wasting materials and they can just use that same tile or that same cabinet or whatever it is, paint color in the next house. Okay. That's a good point. So that's the professional flipper who has yep. all that stuff at their disposal yep. and has the mindset to like, how can I profit off of this yes. in a way that this is going to be my you know, my career. Yeah. Um, so this, this is part of what's interesting about this topic for me is there's such a range of approaches to it and, and, and reasons behind that, you know, it's, it's just, I could think a lot about that. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I found the one post that I said, <clears throat> it literally starts out. Well, first of all, this, this, Cover photo is the way to make money. The way to make money. Let's see. A good question is how do I get started in real estate? A better question is how do I make money today? And then he goes through all the things that's not. And basically we're going to say it's based on my strategy. <laughs> um. But this is the kind of advertisement I'm saying that I see. It's like it's it's real estate adjacent, right? Yeah. It's all based on some strategy that seems a little predatory to me. Oh, dude. Free training to show you exactly. What but we're it doing. might work. I would love to know without if building somebody... a, without any experience, without building a team, without a license. <laughs> So it's just like it's it's trying to make this whole real estate investment thing feel like anyone could do it and remove Maybe they can. remove you from the equation. Yeah. Remove me as a real estate agent. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. And I would honestly love to know if somebody has been able to do that. I don't know if we have that in our market in in this upstate New York area. You know? But here's the thing, like, this is not a nobody, rando on, on Instagram. This is somebody with a TV show on a major network. Let's let's perform an experiment. Why don't you sign up for that course and try it out? It is a free training. Maybe I should. I know, I actually had thought about doing that before we recorded this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I could... Yeah, because I have tons of time. I could yeah. uh, try that and um, report back in another in the in future. future episode. But like, this is literally the quintessential. I sent you, I sent us this ad just to like mm -hmm. say this is the quintessential type of thing that I see online, and that so many of us are seeing. It's not even only it's not it's not, it's not only in real estate. 
all kinds of people look like this with a flashy graphic mm-hmm. and a video with a free training on crypto or e-commerce or whatever kind of thing you can buy into to try to make money. Um, this does feel get rich quickie. You know, I'll definitely definitely give you like on this particular video. But then, you know, I've I follow actually follow this guy and and I've seen the stories he posts and I've seen um wow, if I had done like f- 10 seconds of research and just clicked through, I would have seen host of this TV show in yeah. the bio. <laughs> um, so for me, I think I'm naturally a skeptic. We kind of touched on this in other episodes when what we talked. What do you talk- Enneagram 6? <laughs> yeah, seriously. We touched on that. And <sighs> so my, my knee-jerk reaction is always going to be skepticism. I just, I'm, I'm a natural skeptic. So until something has proven to work for someone, then even then I'm still skeptical. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm less skeptical, Okay, if that makes any sense. Well, if any of you have enrolled in any uh, free strategy courses online that have taken you from zero to hero real quick or even over the long haul, we'd love to hear about your experience because um, it's working for somebody and maybe that somebody is simply the person selling the courses, but yeah. hey, if that's the if that's the model, <laughs> maybe we just mean I'll tell you what, courses. not like these people aside, there's a whole other world online of selling courses and making money just on selling courses. I know. So, and I'm not knocking that either. I think that that to me that's kind of a legitimate business because. You know, you put the time and effort and energy into these courses and you offer services and information. But here's the thing. Here's the <sighs> trick. 95% of the people who buy those courses don't actually follow through yeah. on doing the thing that they bought the course about. And I'm speaking from experience because I've I've bought courses online before and taken the courses and not followed through on them. Yeah. And that's just... Which is so funny. So have I. And... In in one in one very specific case, I did that, and it's a legit. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a scheme. It's me. It's on yeah. me. I just haven't followed up. But all me the too. resources are there. The content yep. is superb. The price yep. was nice, and I'm not even talking about the consulting thing I just signed up for, which that's actually yet to begin, and I'm definitely on board with that, and we're going through it. Um, but I'm talking in the past, I bought something that was like, oh, I need this right now. This is perfect for the business, for, for where we're at. The, all, again, all the content was there. I just never like sat down with it and did it. Yeah. I, and that reminds me of a second time I actually did that. I know. Way early on, not even for the business, for something so else in life. My theory, so funny. my theory is that the people who are selling these house flipping courses make they they want to they probably have amazing content on how to flip houses but my guess would be they're making a lot more money selling these courses than they are actually flipping houses well that's my hot take that's you might not be wrong but if they're doing both well then i then i don't know they could be doing both well they're obviously they have a good advertising budget because I see a lot of these ads. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and who knows? They're often involved in other things too. It's, it's, it, it's often their fame that also lends them the ability to present course Well, they've earned like people's that. trust in something else. So, like, people have, people have success selling courses and things online is because... They probably offered something for free at first and then at the end of their free course that they showed a lot of value for, at the end of it, they're like, if you want even more information and like the secret equation, buy my course and because you're on this course, I'm going to give you a discount and you're not going to pay full price. But it's only going to be to you people because you're on this course right now and (laughs) it's going to expire at the end of they put out this sense of urgency because it's like oh you're only going to get this price for the next 
30 minutes mm-hmm. and then it expires. And then they just do a really good job of pinging you your email or whatever and, and saying last chance. And then you, this urgency is is what people were like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get it. And then they, they pay for it and yeah. then they don't follow through on it. Okay, this is so interesting that you're, you're saying that because... Did that happen to you? Um, all of that has happened to me. Not that I've gone through... The, not that I've gone and purchased a bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. but that whole process. You 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 basically what they're doing is they're they're selling you their free course for your your you're trading your email, you're trading con- your contact information, correct for access to the the fr- and it's this, but they it's provided a, something that was a value of you for you to give them your email because yeah. if they didn't have any sort of value. Like right now, our email is kind of a commodity. Like we're not going to give somebody our email unless we really think that that person we're giving our email to has value. That's, yeah, I agree with that. So like what I'm saying is that person who was offering this course, they were offering something good. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not knocking them, especially like these house flipping people and like the courses that you took, that I took. Like there was some value in that. Yeah. Which is why we offered our email and why we took the the free seminar. So first, okay, all right. I want to backpedal. I want to backtrack a sec and simply say, like, it may sound like we're knocking this business model. We've kind of moved from house flipping as a business model. We can we can swing back around to that because you know you you will have some. I think you do have some particular perspective there but what i'm saying is the whole selling online courses selling stuff online having this passive income you do the work up front and then it's just out there in the world yep. driving income that's a business model and it's smart who are we to, we're not work. actually here to say anything against that it yeah. sounds maybe it sounds like we are and and we're not i recognize that as like that's a legitimate business agreed model as long as you're paying taxes and like you know agreed. you you're in, you have expenses and you have income and you have profit and you can make that work and um that can very well be a way that someone is diversifying their income so nothing actually against that model we're just talking as the you know user as the end users, we're, as the ones who have been marketed to by these people, that's kind of what we're saying. We're not saying this is a business model that's better than another or worse than another. We're just coming a little bit from our experience as any one of you who have gotten these ads and been sucked into that funnel and followed it down <laughs> a couple a couple. Uh, and we're here steps. to announce that House Coffee has a course no. at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but stay tuned. All right. That's that's a good one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack. I just like that's seized an hilarious. opportunity. But okay, so I'm just trying to say, shout out to the entrepreneurial types who are out here hustling on the online marketing funnel um, grind because. I don't think that's for me, but I respect it, all right? So if you're out here doing that, um, just make good content, okay? That's all I ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's legit, you know? So anyway, I, that's all I, I'm just putting a caveat on that. Like, we're not against any of that, and we're not against house flipping, and we're not against people doing using their credentials to monetizing their credentials, okay? Not against that. That is very much... Exactly what we are here to to champion. Um, We are just not super fans of get-rich-quick schemes slash people who present things as get-rich-quick opportunities when the reality that we know as entrepreneurs typically is it's not not that way. And we kind of established (laughs) this in our previous episode where there's no such thing as a quick buck. Yeah. Right. Um, let me let me think. Um, yes, I've never made a quick buck. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. Personally. And if you have, I don't think I've made a slow buck how. at this point. Yeah. What? You know what? I said I don't think I've made a slow buck at this <laughs> point. I will say I have my first check from Story in my back pocket right now. What? In how many years? Five. <laughs> 
Rich. It's for a hundred bucks. Can we pause and just quickly like talk about that a real moment quick? Of silence. A moment of silence. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. You uh, paid yourself. What can I say? Just wow. Uh, it had to happen eventually. It took so that was what twenty dollars per year for the last five years. <laughs> um, you too can make twenty dollars a year <laughs> if you open a coffee shop. Back pay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, good perspective. And that's not even I have that's not even taxed yet. I still have um, to figure out the self employment tax darn. on that. So it's about twelve, fourteen percent. I don't know. I'll ask Becca. She did it. All right, cool. I was talking to her about that. Um so yeah, I got made about eighty five bucks net. Nice. For five years of work. Shout out to me. It only took five years. Shout out to not having a business plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean th- those are I feel like very important lessons. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because it really kind of touches on a lot of what we talked about in our, in our last episode, yeah. Full Circle, and talking about, you know, going on that topic, continuing in that conversation a little bit today. Um, and I agree with everything you just said about not knocking those business plans. Frankly, if um, we could do it, we probably would. Well, <laughs> and not, I, but. I told you this when we were in our planning conversation before this episode, maybe it was like a week ago, that... The one of the reasons I got my real estate license was to flip houses. You did say that. And the other reason was I was working for a builder and I thought that um, I would sell new construction. So I kind of had like two motivations for getting my license and I'm not doing either of those. But I definitely considered it for... A long time. So that's funny because we heard the story of how you got, of the the path that led you to get your real estate license and yeah. how it was, you know, somewhat practical. But we didn't hear a lick about what you just said, which was after you started renovating your own home, you thought, I could get my real estate license. Yep. And, and flip houses. Yeah. Your dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I mean. And the reason I'm sharing that is because I don't want there to be shame for, I'm not trying to shame people who want to flip houses. That's not my point. Because obviously I had that same. Because you thought you could, you might do it. You know. You could do it. You just I could decided do it. not to. For, Correct. You went yeah. a different route with the same, on the same path. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so I've discovered that throughout the process of renovating my own home. And that maybe, it's harder than oh, it looks. way harder yeah. than it looks. Way harder, and also, it always takes longer than you think. And we we <laughs> yeah, also and twice as much money. Twice as much, three like way much, way more than twice as much money. You heard it here first. And especially if you're living through the construction. So I don't think our listeners who are interested in flipping houses plan on living through their flip like living in the home that yeah. they are flipping, like Brandon and I did, and we're not really flipping our house. We were just, gut, we just gutted it and rebuilt it, and now we're putting an addition onto it. And it, it's hard. I think that's what, tur- that's really what turned me off to the idea of flipping. So maybe if we weren't living in the flip and doing our full-time jobs and working on the house every other moment of our life, I probably wouldn't have this perspective. So I'm like a little bit jaded, but at the end of the day, I still, if somebody, if there was an opportunity out there, I would consider it for yeah. sure. Cool. For sure. We'll I'd have consider to talk it. off the mic. I got yeah. a couple opportunities for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you selling a course? <laughs> no, just, uh, yeah. we're going to flip some houses. House Sweet. Coffee Ventures. Sweet. It's actually a real estate uh, <laughs> investment firm. Right. Um, man, that's so funny. I do, okay, sorry, I just I have to know this. So, <clears throat> you were you you were on a track that led you to get your real estate license. Was the timing just right? Where because you said you saw commission checks, yes. and you were like, "I'm in the wrong. I'm doing it wrong." Yep. And then you said from there that you decided to get your real estate license. But was were you also in the process of starting the renovation on your home? Like right around that time, did it just sync up? The timing of it, it was a perfect storm. Okay. It was, um, so um, Brandon and I found our house 
it was the it was the most random thing. We weren't even looking for houses at the time. We really weren't. It was 2014, and um, we went to Jumpin' Jacks to get ice cream. As and, you do, as we do <laughs> in the summertime. As one does in this in this area. This area. And we're like, let's go for a drive and let's just go for a walk and eat our ice cream. And we we saw a house on Zillow that like was way over our price range. And he was like, oh, I think we're in that neighborhood with that house that we liked. Like, let's walk by it. And we parked our car and we were walking along the road and... We saw a for sale sign in front of this house and we're like, that's interesting. We didn't see this house when we were looking on Zillow. And it wasn't even on our radar. And we called up our realtor. I didn't have my license. So we, you know, we had to go through it. Like we had to go, we had to buy our house the way everybody else buys houses. We had to call our realtor and say, hey, can we see this house? And he's like, no, it's pending. There's another buyer who's mm. buying it right now. It's it's sold. And we're like, dang, it's a really cool house. It's this like cute little bungalow on the river. And all weekend we couldn't shake it. We were just like, this house is like pulling us in. And we we like we were just obsessing over it. And so we called our realtor back and said, Could you please find out more information? Like it looks like it's been pending for a long time and we're really interested in it. And so he found out from the listing agent that the buyers who were buying the house were having difficulty securing their financing. And um, we swooped in and made an offer. And and mind you, this is 2014. And in 2014, to make an offer on a house that was the list price of a house was basically overpaying. You know, like you you always underbid. You always, always, always underbid on houses. And we were like, you get away we're going to pay the list price. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, we can't do that. That's overpaying. And he's like, no. And so we did and we got it. And um, wow. and I, I think, well, what, we didn't get it right away. We had to wait for the other buyer's mortgage contingency to expire. And because they couldn't, they couldn't secure their financing. So then, we we basically were a backup offer, and then they accepted our offer. And um, so we closed on the house in September of 2014. And right around that time was when, um, maybe a few months later. So actually, because I didn't get my license until May of 2015. So between September 2014. And May of 2015 is when I stumbled across this check in the back office. It was like near the copy machine. And I was like, oh my God, that that's a lot of money. And and I, it was it was a real estate commission check. And I'm like, I'm in the wrong side of this business. And it was also the time where we were ripping down walls and like making, we had these big dreams and these big plans of making our house this like complete transformation. So that is when I said to Brandon, I was like, we could flip houses. Like we're doing all this work ourselves and I could get my real estate license and you could do like the planning and the work and and we can we can make this a thing. And so, and then in the meantime, if I'm working for this builder, I could sell new construction houses because I have this knowledge of, building houses and I'm we're we're building our own house. It just made sense. So that's why I got my license. It was kind of a perfect storm of those two things. And I just quickly realized as we started getting deeper and deeper into the construction and spending more money and more time and uncovering more issues. Because there's always the thing with the flip house, there's always going to be something you don't know about when you buy it and you're going to discover a major issue that's going to cost 10 times the amount of money and take 10 times the amount of time that you initially thought. I guarantee it. Like that just always happens in an old home. There's always unknowns and you have to prepare for that. And we were not prepared for that at all. And that's when I was decided, like 
oh, so throughout that time, I kind of hit the pause button on buying, like doing a flip business because we were still so knee deep into our own addition. But while that happened, my real estate business started to grow and I started showing houses and listing houses. And then I just became like every year in the business, I got busier and busier and busier. And then I started staging and then, you know, then that whole thing. And so my business evolved quite a bit from when I first started. But the, one of the inspirations of it was house flipping. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Side note, I thought of a new podcast we can start. Okay. Side one under our new podcast network that we're also going to start um, called House Flip House of Flip Horrors. <laughs> Every episode will just be a different story of somebody flipping a house and then the horror that they uncovered. <laughs> I along love the way. it. Because you're so right. Um, just knowing what I know. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to like play with the pun, get rich quick. Because because it's your name. My name, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't thought of a good pun yet. So house of flip horror. There's right. a little. All right. There's a little. Uh, little behind the scenes on yeah. your life. A little well, more than than we've been getting. More than we've already gotten mm-hmm. up till now. Um, that's cool. And you know what? Also, shout out to the way that sometimes we have an idea that is an inspiring thought that we start to pursue and then we realize that's if it's not even if it's not a maybe it's a dead end or maybe it's just like a not now but it leads you to something else that becomes you know a better option isn't that just so much yeah. the entrepreneurial mind totally <laughs> i'm just always throwing ideas out there and then just seeing what sticks you know yeah. i literally text abby and christine like every few days with a new idea and um, <laughs> the reactions are always priceless. This is a huge side note tangent. And we don't have to get into it today. Maybe another time. Have you heard of The Artist's Way? Um, I don't think so. And okay. Only if I've heard of it from you before and I still it's, don't it, know. It's something that maybe we could talk about in like a book report or a... We can talk about it in the future sometime, but it's something that I think you would really, really get a lot of value from. And it's very writing heavy where you like write every day, but you go through this book. Um, there's 12 chapters of this book and it's you. It supposedly should take you 12 weeks, I think. And um, you go through the chapters and it's, it's a therapy book is what I would describe it as. And you, you learn a lot. And it's, I think it's great for creative people like us. And it's also like unleashing like your inner artist and your inner creative self if, if you're somebody. And not just you, like anyone listening. Like if, if, there's a, if there's a side of you that you've sort of been censoring creatively this book will help you unleash that. Cool. Sounds like a, a good thing. Did you do yeah. that recently or just did I you did know? it during COVID. Oh. Yeah. yeah I can't remember if you way. told me about that or not, but. Yeah, I might have. Um, sweet. Well, storied book club. Mm-hmm. Storied book club. Yeah. House coffee. House coffee book club. <laughs> we yeah. have a storied book club thing that's just in my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, house coffee. Yeah. Book club coming for you. Is this something you... It sounds like largely a workbook type yes. process. So it is It is a, a work. It's very interactive, very workbooky. Yeah. But cool. highly, highly, highly recommend it. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, let's see. <clears throat> well, you know, you we thoughts? sort of covered a lot of like house flipping adjacent <laughs> things, like how it's... Uh, you know, it can be an entrepreneurial thing. We didn't really get into like nitty gritty. And I don't know that I needed to go there. I just, I'm trying to highlight that, like the reality. I just find it intriguing. That's all I was trying to do is just like dig into this. Like, why am I so intrigued by the the ideas that people have that come my way that I'm always like clickbait 
ah, I'm totally, you know, going to click it, but that's never going to lead me anywhere. But I still just got to click it and see what mm-hmm. happens. So why, why am I like that? And then You're not the only one, I'm well, sure. Yeah, I don't know. So that's what I'm trying to dig into is like, why is that so appealing to us? What's the drive behind that? And I think it comes from this, I don't know, that's actually probably a real deep dive, but some of what we were talking about last time of we all want more freedom in life. You know, that's another buzzword, financial freedom. Um, I didn't even talk about network marketing mm-hmm. and direct, you know, direct sales. I didn't even talk about that last time, which is another way that um, people get sort of hooked. You're talking like essential oils? Thing. I'm not even talking essential oils, but I do think that ends up being one of the business models that people follow. Well, one of the <clears throat> one of the specific ways people follow out this direct sales business model. Um, I got a hot take for you. And it's that my hot take is that I am not inherently against network marketing. I know. <laughs> You've said that before. MLMs, dude. I, you know what? I, don't knock it until you try it, okay? No, I'm not saying you should try it. Probably don't try it because <laughs> it's not, here's the thing, it's not get rich quick. It's a five-year game minimum. The way to make this thing work, in theory, I think it's, I think theoretically, it's, okay, okay, okay. Not necessarily MLMs. They're not, you got to, it's an equation. Everything is an equation. And you got to have the right balance of the variables in a successful MLM career. But, and maybe MLM isn't even the right way to talk about it. That's why I say direct sales or network marketing. I think those are maybe... Um, They're used interchangeably. They are, but MLM comes with baggage. And the other ones are more accurate and help you move away from... Could you describe the difference real quick in like one sentence? Multi-level marketing, MLM, is is the kind of stuff where, you know, it's often described or thought of or jokingly described as like pyramid scheme, which is illegal. But MLM... Not technically illegal. It's where you get people to join the business. It's where you make money, one, by selling products, but better yet, by by recruiting other people to sell products. And then what would you say network marketing you kind of build is? A team. It's, it's that model, but... Um, no, it's more or less... We, we call it direct sales or network marketing because the whole here's the concept you have a product i think so much of the problem with mlms and direct marketing and stuff is is the product itself the products are usually pretty lame but as a as a model basically what this is why i talk about it in theory in theory it works it works potentially so you have to have a good product super well because if you have a product then what you can do is you can incentivize individuals to become the best representatives of that product. And they themselves become the marketers for that product. And so you can, rather than invest money in, in rather than invest, overly invest in um, traditional marketing, you can invest in people and create opportunities for people to work and market your products. And so it just becomes a different model that can definitely fail people. And I think, sure. I think probably in the majority of cases, For it does sure. fail people. Yeah. And so when I say I'm not inherently... My, my, people in my family have fallen victims to these network we marketing must pyramid schemes. all know people who, yeah. who have either but quote, I've quote, been fallen victim or at least by them. Um, tried it out, didn't work. And that's what I'm getting at. I think that most of the time, people are set up for... They're not set up for success in this model. Because of either the product is lame, um, or it's oversaturated as a as a particular line of products, or um, they're they're sold the wrong idea because the person who recruited them or the company itself didn't resource people well to sell the product, or some other weird tactic um, that's employed that just kind of messes it all up. But I think when you look at it holistically and you look at it for what it is and you say, all right, I'm not going to look at the baggage and I'm not going to look at it through the lens of any particular experience I've had or any particular company I know about. And I'm just going to look at the model 
as a business model, it's intriguing. That's all I'm saying. So I'm not inherently opposed. I just think you need to examine it from the right, like the right angle and know what you're getting into and find products that you resonate with that you think other people would resonate with. And I, I'm here to, I, from what I can tell, there's no great, there's not, honestly not a lot of goods. There's not like that much that I would want to get connected with and try to direct market, you know? Um, Are you going to start a coffee network marketing business? Now we're talking. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I would actually like to, I would like to talk to you about my experience. Not right now, maybe next time, maybe another time. But um, I met somebody. I got recruited. I got recruited to, no, well, okay, no, no, no. I got courted. <laughs> I wasn't recruited because I, I basically I was a no in the end. But I got courted by somebody literally face-to-face in a store. I was in the Apple store. <clears throat> and I got, uh-huh. I talked to somebody just a, who was a regular person in there. Um, Not I was an there Apple for, employee. I was there for a computer thing. They were there for some device thing. And um, they did their thing. They were like friendly, outgoing. They struck up a conversation. You know, it's like it's almost like a little bit of evangelistic kind of. I a, was literally kind of just thinking, I'm like, oh, this is you know, really you gotta familiar. Go out, you got to go out of their way. Um, <laughs> but that makes sense, and that's probably why it resonates did with me. Did they start like, the conversation with, "Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?" Uh, they did not. In fact. In fact, there was no element of spirituality. I was the one later on to actually <laughs> you reverse? bring up some spirituality in the com- in the course of conversation. But that was, you know, which was fine. Yeah. Um, so they they were courting you. They did the which whole is thing. Another, so I here's feel what like happened. It's a very Christian word. Okay. 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 <laughs> wow. It's like, like an interesting turn. Um, okay. So. They were. That's a legit word. That's I know it, it got is, borrowed by like, the culture back back in the day. But just, hopefully, we're done using that word. Um, <clears throat> gosh, <laughs> that's a whole. That's gonna be a whole spinoff podcast that we're gonna do as well. Uh, purity uh, culture rip. <laughs> no, not rip. No, <laughs> may it just rip to ourselves. Rip, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and some perspectives. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, 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 okay. So here's... Uh, so you were being courted in the Apple I, store by somebody's business. I felt like this guy was reading a script. I felt like I was watching a live Instagram ad. I was like, did did you just walk out of my Instagram profile? Like, So it sounded too salesy. It was not... It didn't sound salesy, but it felt... Rehearsed? Somewhat rehearsed. And I was like, wow... Here's a real live human being saying the same things to me. He's basically telling me to click the, click the link. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can click the link in real with a person, dude. So um, Just scan he this asked QR if we code. could connect again and I got his number and like I met with him twice, two different times. Went out for, um, went to... That is the difference between you and me. Two different places. Because I'm curious, dude. I wanted to follow that through and see what would happen. I would have shut that down right away. See, you have, that's because of your pre, not preconceived notions, but like that's no, because it, of your a lot of it is. preconceived notions and experience that you've had. Yes. I wanted to follow it through and see where we were going to go because <clears throat> I discovered some interesting things in the process. But what was, what I was most intrigued to discover was that I wasn't against this. I just realized because I had the time, because I followed it through, I was thoughtful about it. I gathered the information and and he and I learned the company behind it all, which not against the company either. Um, going through the discovery process, he gave me a book to read. He said, I don't remember if he told me to read the book before we met again, but I did. I read it in a week. And um, honestly, great business book. And, and it was about... Um, direct sales and it helps paint the picture of like this is not get rich quick you must be a specific kind of person who is able to be self-starting and self-motivated and follow through and you you know it, it you're going to get out what you put in it was very clear what i was getting potentially getting myself into um i'm not saying that opportunity happens for everybody and the way that this guy frames it and this company 
tends to frame this whole thing is like, look, we're not even going to tell you. Now, here's, here's what, was, what was interesting, and this was a little off-putting. They're all, we're not going to tell you the company. We're not going to tell you even the business model until you come meet. They call it the vetting process. All right. Now I know a I'm lot of people. Rolling my eyes. I'm sure right people now. are like getting red flags. They're like, no, dude. Don't my eyeballs it. are in the back of my head. <laughs> FYI. But I'm not a skeptic. I'm a number nine, so I'm all. I know. I'm all. Let's see what's going on. You're a peacemaker. Let's let's see what's going on, so I can speak informative, informed, <laughs> so I can speak about this. <laughs> <laughs> Not speak well, but um, so I can speak in an informed fashion about this particular thing and know what's out there because I prefer to live my life knowing my options. So I went through two meetings, saw the business model, learned the, saw the saw the company, saw some of the products, um, read the book, and I got to the end of it and I realized. Uh, by the way, I didn't know I was going to say I didn't think I was going to say all that, yeah. but that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah, I got to the end of it. And I realized like, okay, this is a viable business model. It's legit enough. It makes sense. It can potentially work for the right person. And that's not me. (laughs) I'm not the right person for this, at least not in this place in my life. But, you know, the whole selling point is like financial freedom. You can do this and you can build this this team and you can do it long term. And there's all these incentives and you can make it work. But I give you credit for the five. But the book is literally like, listen, give it five years. Nothing, so I had two takeaways from that. One, I, that's not me. I don't have five years to commit to this. Two, anything good in life is going to take you five years. Anything successful. Just like you got your first check today after five years. It's going to take five. I was like, checks out. No, no pun intended. I, but as I was reading that book, and this was back in February or March. Of this year. Yeah. yeah 2023. Yeah, um. Maybe April. It might have been April. There, it was still snowy. It was definitely still snowy. Which we're in upstate New York. That could have been <laughs> last week, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's May twenty third. <laughs> By the way, uh, not to date, not to date our podcast. <clears throat> um, so I went through it recently, and I came out of it saying I'm not inherently opposed to this. I have respect for those willing to grind this out. I do think it works for somebody. And if, maybe a few somebodies. I think most people are getting the wrong idea about it. I am opposed to a lot of certain companies, but I think if you can be thoughtful about it and squeeze. And the other thing is, it's meant to be flexible. Like you can still maintain your full time job or whatever you want to do, and it can be a quote That's unquote side hustle. But side hustle. But That's I don't how they think. But if you want to make it a a thing, like five years, forty hours a week. I mean, we're talking full-time job. We're talking you got to make it what it's going to be. So I learned that. I, the vetting process, which was designed to not just suck me in, um, I had to push past, okay, this guy's being secretive. He won't tell me the name of this Sounds company. Like a cult. He won't tell me. Um, he's, he, you know, he had his lines, but he wasn't telling me like too much. He was willing to get on the phone with me and be a little bit real. Like, I felt like I could be real enough and be like, listen, I value transparency. I value quality. I value people. And um, I was like, if, and I'm not willing to work with people who don't share my values. I was pretty upfront with him on the phone, almost content to the point of contentious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he took that, you know, and then like still wanted to, was willing to sit down. So at that point I, I was... He wouldn't give me enough to where I could make a decision like, okay, this is definitely not for me. But I was willing, like I said, to to follow it through. I don't know how. Now, so, okay, that might have been this guy. It might have been his mentors and, and their team and the way they do it. It might have been the company and the way they say you should do things. That's a specific framework possibly within this direct sales thing that might be different from some other company that's out here trying to just like – Court the housewives of the world. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is that the housewives? Yeah. <laughs> court the 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 like stay at home moms and the people who want a side hustle. That's maybe a different thing. Maybe that's more predatory. It's still under that umbrella, yeah. so maybe it all gets a bad rap. But so I'm just trying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear I'm saying there's saying. a to me there's a difference. I'm saying there's there's good examples and bad examples of this thing. Um, I think. 
that you can maybe easily get caught up in the bad ones because they're a little more ubiquitous and it takes more time to, to dig into what's going on with the whole thing and see how potentially good it is. Maybe I'm also like, I know how to be a little bit critical for as open-minded, quote unquote, as I am. I know how to do my own vetting and realize like, I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of self-vetting actually. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going to see through what you're saying and not saying because I know how to do that. And I'm going to know from, my, and I'm kind of self-aware at this point in my life to know like what I'm capable of and, and not. And so mm-hmm. I was, I had the luxury of kind of going through but that not process. Not everybody is like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying is I had the time to give, he, the, it was set up in a way to where I wasn't, I could, I could gather all the information I needed to make an informed decision and not get sold something as a, like a cool idea that I wasn't going to be able to actually make work. Um, and I don't know if that always happens. And maybe that's the problem with some yeah. of these MLM type things is yeah. like it just it's presented in the wrong ways there's not enough transparency about it yeah or people just yeah yeah because if there's not enough transparency then you have to be you have to choose to do the digging and that's kind of what i did yeah <clears throat> um wow so that anyway was... that's my experience getting courted by that episode sales. took a turn but it's you know what it's all about side hustles okay? it's all about diversifying our income <laughs> exactly. and that's why i went at the end of the day i was like hey you know he's talking about e-commerce <laughs> He literally framed it like like e-commerce. Like I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe I set up an Amazon store. That's mm-hmm. that's a model that mm-hmm. seems to be out there. Um, and so I was like, is that what we're talking about? Because he did say he used the word e-commerce up front. Mm-hmm. So I had this whole idea, and then it turns out it's you know some other direct sales thing. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. different. It does have an e-commerce um, component, mm-hmm. but not quite what I thought at first. But my point is because I was at a place in my life where I'm like, I need some passive or just I need another source of income. So I was open to exploring things. And then this like came on, just the timing was right where I was like, okay, let me see what it's all about. Cause I'm at an interesting stage in my life where I'm reorganizing everything business related. So, So that's where that hit me and why it was intriguing is literally because of this whole concept of we can't have just one. Rarely can we have just one source of right. income, you know? Right. Wow. Got him. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's, an that's episode, our dude. that's anything, our episode. Anything else that was to add to that? Good way to end it. We'd love to know. It was a bonus round at the end. It was a bonus comment. round. <laughs> We'd love to know, dear audience, what you think. Please send us your feedback in the form of a review or the form of a DM on our Instagram, House Coffee Podcast, or you could leave feedback on our website. We have a speak pipe, housecoffeepodcast.com or housecoffeepodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email the old-fashioned way. So true. I don't, have we gotten any emails? No. No. No one's emailed us yet. Becca left us a voice. Becca <laughs> left us a speak pipe, and we should play it at some point. Oh, so true. It's, it's so good. We love it when people give us their feedback and... Even more when they leave us five stars. Yeah, okay. In a review, I think um, we said we weren't going to tease episodes, but I we're pretty, pretty. I think we're bringing TJ in next time. Yep, we're going to do a hopefully little, TJ, little, who is our producer. Yeah, who mixes this podcast. He'll be listening to it as he's editing <laughs> it. We're calling you out, TJ. Come on our podcast next week. Yeah, uh, we got we got some good things to talk about with him. So, all right, y'all. Cool. Peace. Later.